Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about what happens when the job goes wrong and we're in person. Enjoy. So, I must say, it's incredible. I can make eye contact with you, Louise. Yeah, there's no delay. Yeah, and they're slightly higher resolution. <laughs> yeah, I can't can be. Go, I can't go robot. You can't. Oh, that's true. You can't go robot. Um, which, in fairness, if the client did that, the job would have went fairly wrong, and that's what we're discussing this week. Yeah, from start to finish, there are a load of different points at which um there can be mistakes or misinterpretations or issues, and and we even had one quite funny recently that um we misinterpreted. So we'll be talking a little bit about uh, our own experiences. And um, horror stories we've heard from friends, really. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest things you hear going into this world is just the stories of things going wrong. Mm-mm-mm. And, uh, you know, it can be a little bit scary uh, just hearing how many ways you can get screwed over. But overall, um, I think a lot of the early days of starting a business is, you know, finding things that go wrong and then putting safeguards <laughs> so when they're, you know, a much, you're a much bigger company. Uh, that doesn't stab you in the back nearly as badly. Yeah, that was definitely something that as we were making up the contract, it was, oh, yes, and this and add that in. Oh, oh also make sure to add that. Over, oh, Also remember that time that that happened. Yeah, let's cover our backs and add that in. And um, which, you know, is a good thing. It shows that you're like learning and you're getting better and you're doing all this stuff. Um, But also, good gosh, uh, don't ever let them wear you down. Because it will, it will definitely wear you down, just like mistake after mistake, or or it's sometimes it's not even mistakes, it is just misunderstandings, or you weren't quite quick enough, or, I mean, anything, it could be any number of things. So, so shall we try and walk through production, pre-production, sorry, not backwards, from start <laughs> to finish, put pre to, to production to post-production? Yeah, so uh, I think starting with pre-production, mm. you know, might be a little bit, let's start with the boring stuff. Uh, putting the quote on paper incredibly important i think being able to you know have that there as a proof of this is what we're going to do Uh, i think a lot of the time especially when you're starting out and you're doing it for let's say a friend it's like oh yeah i just need this 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 and that Mm. and yeah i can maybe pay this or oh help somewhere around this that's uh kind of a clear sticking point for trouble for many different reasons yeah you can have friends that are just like oh well and and i'll pay you don't worry and you're like okay well how much and and what do you actually want or you know you can agree on something that then during production will change um and you've got to be really set as to what you want to do what you want to what you want to do in those circumstances but also of what they expect for you to do because those can be different things um I think you're right in saying, especially with quoting, even even just going back a little bit more and um, before you get to that quoting point, agreeing on what you're working on before it's even written down, you want to be really sure so that when it's like, right, OK, quote your price, you can be as detailed as possible. Um, because if anything is left up to debate, it it can, you're, you know, your words can get totally misinterpreted. So what's good about a quote as well is that's something that you can directly refer back to at any point during any of it if there's anything well ah well actually you i quoted and you do this and you previously agreed to it um and once you've got that agreement either verbal or written or or texted i guess (laughs) um yeah that's still written um that that can sort of save your back absolutely and i think 
you know, it's not like a case of malicious or, um, mm. you know, neglectfulness. Sometimes the kind of goals and aspirations for a project can change over time. You know, we've got one project at the moment where oh, we had, you know, one kind of idea of where it would go. And as we went through it, you know, opportunities to do new stuff and ideas to incorporate other elements have popped up. And now we have a reference of this was the price that we quoted for this interpretation of it, we've clearly done X, Y, and yep. Z on yep. top of this. Yep. Um, obviously, we say this sort of stuff would cost around this kind of margin. Because we've done X more of this, it will now cost around this sort of margin. Yeah. And you can kind of contort it um, now with having kind of that baseline of what the original expectations for the project were. Yeah, what's helpful with that project in particular is that um, the clients are heavily involved or, or have been quite involved with the pre-production and production itself that they were able to uh liaison us with the sort of if with interview segments and things like that we weren't directly in control of all of it and also very helpfully they were on set for production so not only are they aware of like the hours that we quoted at the start but they have also seen the hours that we have worked for at least a, a few good sections of um the job we also I spoke with them recently um, and yeah they've got an understanding that yes this has just outgrown all of us kind of thing which what's really great is they're in a position where they can pay us for the extra work that we're doing which is very exciting um, because it's it's a really important job that we all want to get right so in that case we're able to sort of do those more and kind of agree there is an understanding that this will cost more than we originally quoted and that they're happy to pay for that. Um, but if it were a different, you know, group a client, if it was a different client, it was a different instance, we would probably have to then rein in on that and be like, no, we can't do those extra, no, no we can't do this stuff. Um, it's really important, I think, to let your client know as the project grows, if it is outgrowing what the original quote was, um, so that they have some idea of what to expect, but also so that they can let you know if they can allow it to grow. Because sometimes, you know, you've maybe misinterpreted what they wanted and they want something else and you can do it and they'll pay you for it. And so, well, perfect. Everything's all, all hunky-dory. But um, if neither of you are in the position, if you don't have the time to do that work or if they don't have the money to pay you, Unless it's something you're really passionate about, at that point you've got to really start drawing, um, <laughs> drawing boundaries. Yes, and I think that kind of leads perfectly. And still keeping in with of the pre-production phase is, you know, keeping the communication open yeah. and trying to catch problems early. Um, I think one of the things, especially if you are, you know, coming from, let's say, a student position, you know, let's say you're a student graphic design, um, and you're kind of going into it, it might just be like somebody's like, yeah, what. Well, a logo and then you go off and like you deliver a full package which incredibly fun uh but i think being able to you know have many steps of verification along the way to catch errors you know yeah. this is something that we've especially done where we started more so going off oh you want a film we'll go make that but more as we went on we've had more checks along the way of you know uh, animatics or scripts or storyboards and mm. uh, just general planning to make sure that everything is uh kind of exactly as they want it so when you deliver that final project and you know if it doesn't you know isn't exactly what they expect you can be like well this is kind of play by play second by second what was agreed upon yep, in the yep. storyboard but even if even say that's not the case and you've already got to the point where you've done the work and it's wrong or they can't pay for it um that open communication will only help you because you, you know 
it's not necessarily the case of apologizing, but if, if it is, say, you're very sorry, we misinterpreted, this is what we can do, this is what we can help with. Um, just carrying on with what you're doing or shutting down because you feel bad about what you've done. Um, often it's not a mistake and so lots and lots of apologies aren't great to do, but um, acknowledging what you've done, acknowledging, you know, finding out where was the miscommunication, whether it was on your part or on the client's part. You've certainly got to keep the client happy. So there's a bit of an element of, oh, my mistake, whatever, even if it's maybe a miscommunication between them. But if, say, you're working with a committee of people and they've given you all mixed messages, it's, oh, gosh, okay, I I didn't understand exactly how the hierarchy was, who I'm supposed to be taking the most feedback from or, or elements like that. There is so much that, not that you can do retrospectively, but there is so much that you can fix with not only having open communication in the first place, but when things do go wrong to say, here, actually, here's my number, just give me a call and we can talk through exactly what went wrong or what I messed up or what you mislaid to me. Um, because all of that becomes a part of the job itself. Because at the end of the day, you want reoccurring clients and you want to make the best work possible. So in both of those cases, um, heavy communication with the client or whoever you're feeding back directly to at that moment is really, really vital. Absolutely, because, you know, it does happen. You know, sometimes there's been a couple instances where, you know, we've been on a job and, you know, we've went through all the checks and verifications and, you know, we go into the actual production period and it's like, oh, this person is a true final boss. And then yep. it's like, okay, we need to tweak things more so towards their liking, but being able to have those kind of conversations during the production process, even into the post-production period, uh, will make make life incredibly easy. And and I think it's an interesting one as well because you end up with these these points where you're like, oh, should I just ask about that or should I double check about that? And if those are the cases, always do. Um, always double check if you're unsure. Always, you know, I think. I think we can often feel bad about asking a lot of questions, but especially when, I mean, in our line of work, a lot of creative choices or a lot of creativity is often sort of given to us. So there's a lot of little tiny decisions which end up fitting, uh, fitting things like tone or style. Um, and if there's any uncertainty about that, especially in the job that you're working um double check like a lot of the work we've done recently has been like i liked this one thing that you did can you do more of that so then we're really set on that's exactly what they want but we have also had jobs where they've been like uh, we got to change the tone a bit and then you're like okay well that that could mean anything so it's having a double check with the person you're directly feeding back to having a double check you know like a call with whoever it is who's com actually commissioned the piece itself you know having a, a talk with anyone else who can give you more information about that initial brief if you've got the time for it you really should consider it yeah especially considering not all clients will know the tone or the language of your industry so being mm. able to you know have these open kind of more extended conversations uh, to actually generally understand because quite often especially depending on what field it is they might have an idea of some of the terminology and just misuse it uh, yes. which could point you down the wrong <laughs> yes. direction entirely and um, you know being able to have these open conversation where you can kind of get the idea rather than the kind of key specifications that they're looking for will allow you to catch things a lot more effectively and hopefully make production a lot easier and kind of on the the topic of production again a lot of it relies on having that communication early and planning 
but there can be stuff that you can just not plan for. Yep. We have had infinite amounts of uh, buses and our transport are late and so people haven't made it on time. Um, people don't know where to go, so you've got to kind of chaperone them to the right place. Um, equipment failing on you multiple times with different equipment failing on you, which I know we've talked about a bit in the past, or even just to the point where um, the client... Or, or even whoever you're directly working with on that day is not in the right mood, is not doing well, you're not getting what you want. So what's really interesting about these scenarios is if you do your pre-production right in terms of how much you can plan, there is a certain amount of leniency that you can plan into your production days. Um, being the um, pre-production chief over here, um, I will often plan in and factor a couple extra hours for different variables, whether that's time between interviews say so that if people are late or stumble or, or we have to redo a lot of takes that is taken account for whilst also oh well if actually if we're quicker and we did it right we can jump on and do this little bit in that interim um in those extra moments there's also elements like well what do you do if nobody shows up if the people just don't show up and that's your production day and it's like well okay have a secondary day which is still within your timeline that you can do this work again if you have to scrap one day it's easier to scrap it early and go, right, okay, it's a write-off, we not do that, we're not wasting this time and we will do it all again the, the other day. Um, which seems probably a little bit over-planning, but it has worked uh, for us that we've had to, okay, we'll just change that date then. Or, or things have moved. We've been ready to go and do a shoot the next day and it turns out a shoot was moved like three hours, four hours earlier. And it was like, oh, well, glad mm. we double checked that. So even just things like double checking the night before, the week before, um, a quick email if people haven't responded recently, people maybe agreed down the line, yeah, that'll be great. And then night before, hey, just wanting to make sure you still remember we've got that call to, uh, oh, yeah, 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 of course I'll be there. Or, oh, I had totally forgot. I mean, the amount of times we've prompted people and they've yes. totally forgot. You want to be doing that stuff before the day itself so that when you're on the day you're not suddenly having to oh gosh who am I contacting what am I contacting um if you are then on that point where you're mid-production and you're on that day and people have turned up it's always really great if you can get somebody's phone number so you've got somebody who you can call um whether that is the person that you're talking to yourself or the people that you're filming with or the people that you're making this stuff with or if that is your client liaison um because a phone call does wonders absolutely and i think being able to you know just check up on people is you know it sounds a little bit uh bad but you know it's a great way to just be like mad. hey you know this is important for us our time is valuable if mm. you can just all we need is you know you to get here at this location and do what we we agreed or decided would be best yeah uh, obviously if uh it's less so an interview or you know they're getting paid uh they, they might be a little bit more keen to arrive when they should but still even then you know making sure that everybody knows what the plan is um because even then quite often if it is a you know a production with a bunch of other people you know specialist people you know you might be agreeing it's like oh yeah we'll be filming in the center of the city uh this kind of district area you know this spot but you know you want to have that kind of meeting point where everybody yeah, goes yeah. and everybody arrives on time and obviously you want to make sure everybody's kind of scheduled in when they should be so you know you get crew in there early and then you have actors coming along a little bit after that i mean the amount of times that we have had i'm here where are you guys and we're like 
oh my god <laughs> oh my god we're also here where are you no. um so what i have sort of gone to do just normally now is i'll chaperone people so we have a very set area that we are meeting that's either an obvious landmark or a branded place or or something that we know people will be able to recognize and go to that's within a a small area so if it is a courtyard, it is the middle of the courtyard or the top northern corner or something like that, right? So it's very set places. Um, and then I will take them to then the more detailed part. So yeah, you've got to do that bit of extra walking and then, okay, you've got to time that into your schedule of, right? Okay, we're going to need 10, 15 minutes to bring people to the location. Um, all of that stuff can then alleviate those errors because you'll already be thinking about a million different other things on that day anyway. Um have crew, have extra crew. Absolutely. <laughs> Always have extra crew. And uh, we've been incredibly fortunate where we haven't had anything catastrophic. We had to stop filming. Um, true. Well, but we're also improvisers. Tr- very true. Which I think was something I would, did want to segue into. If you can incorporate um, improv lessons into your life at any point, I cannot recommend it enough. Not only for the problem-solving capabilities that it inherently learns you, Um, But also the idea of quick thinking on your feet, because especially if you're already stressed, something like a more, you know, middle to major issue can totally throw you off. And especially if you're running the shoot or you're one of the key people organizing it, having to do that work and losing your cool can sort of it can make everything seem worse. Um, I think keeping in mind that there is always a solution, no matter how weird or wacky or bizarre or whatever. I mean, we're creative people. We do nuts things Mm. all the time, but um, maybe I do nuts things all the time. (laughs) But um, there is always a solution. There's always a way out. And though it seems dumb to think of something like improvisational skills, should I say, as core skills, um, you know, you can have times where the prop breaks or we've run out of batteries. Right improv skill would be what can I use what do we have oh I've I've actually got a controller in my bag that uses the same batteries I'll swap those out or oh okay I actually know there's a shop around the corner and they, that's where I can buy those batteries that's where I can do that or I mean any any amount of things of being able to think quickly on your feet is such a on-set vital skill yeah and I, I think that was that was best shown when we were doing our short film yeah. um oh you know, God, it was on the day and we just had like Three people, one of them an incredibly key actor, just bail on us. Yeah, and it was like, okay, let's uh, retrangulate, let's reallocate, let's readjust. Yeah, we had readjust. two bail the night before, and then one didn't turn up on the day, so exactly. we had a little bit of time to kind of reschedule around. But it was also like, oh my god, because we'd bought costumes that fit certain people and all, all of these elements. Um, so yeah, man, that one big long shooting day was absolutely nuts. Yeah, and you know, we were on there. You know, we had plans, we had spare of everything. Um, you know, I remember having like laptops on hand if we needed to export out some footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we were ready to go. We had extra hands. Um, which yeah. you know, at some points it felt like, oh, they're just standing there. I'm sorry for like stealing you. But you know, there were points where it's like, okay, can X Y Z D D D do all this stuff? And you know, we were off to the races, and we managed to do an incredible amount of content, like a short a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was very fast for. Film. God, like seven, six hours. And we did it. What I think worked best in that case was not only that we had extra crew hands who were experienced at being directed by us, but also who knew the craft, but they were also our friends. And so especially when we were like, I'm so sorry, you're going to have to now become 
a role in the film instead of just helping us with crew with costume whatever they were up for doing it um and that's the really incredible thing about working with your friends is you can use them no 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 um <laughs> is that I, they'll be more willing to help you because they're invested in you as a person i think especially when it's like paid actors and other stuff like this or a paid crew i mean it gets so difficult to be able to have that leniency but especially whilst you're small um relying on the people that you know whether that's you know maybe there's other creatives that you know who could lend you a hand that day um you might just need them i don't think i've known any micro to low budget shoot where everyone that went along was not used like i cannot think of an incident just because people are there and they're invested and so they help and they work and they do it and actually it turns out we really needed dave to go and pick up all the sandwiches you know from the uber eats guy that's around the corner because the car couldn't get down to the street or whatever right um all, all of that stuff even just i've i've done things where Mum's given me a lift to the shoot because of all the heavy equipment. So already I'm not tired by the time I get there. It's it'll be little moments like that that um can avoid disasters. Mm. Yeah, and you'll find it um amazing how much you can use people if you just have extra hands sitting there. Yep. You know, having somebody that can, you know, just stand there with a reflector for like 30, 40 minutes while you get this one shot. Yeah. You know, that's you might not go ahead and like specifically ask somebody because you want a bounce light, but if you have them and the reflector you know why not <laughs> yeah, even the shoot that we were on we were brought as extra crew which was quite funny that we've we haven't really since then or before then just been crew with very little detail but we're both experienced with a lot of different technology um and i ended up doing doing a bit of like drone grabbing and lift off and stuff which of course i've never done before i wouldn't like put in a huge cv of oh yes this is something i did but in having me there as an extra pair of hands it meant things went a lot smoother so it wasn't somebody who's doing the drone operating quickly stop go and grab it that kind of thing so set up and take down between each shot was infinitely quicker infinitely easier um and and it meant that the that nobody was stressed that day and it meant that the shoot could carry on smoothly yeah uh, you know to be honest i thought they did a fantastic use yeah, case of using uh, extras and crews where you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they did the obvious stuff, you know, they had some stuff that was specialist and they just needed an extra hand. So, you know, they had, you know, a drone drone operator. They had myself using a gimbal, which I was the only one using a gimbal. Yep. But then they just had, you know, some extra people that were, you know, blocking off the set and making sure nobody kind of came into in, it. Yeah, and yeah. then locals still fought with them regardless. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> but then they were able to be like, hey, okay, coming through the set, pause, hold, whatever. Exactly. Um. And and to be honest, I miss doing that kind of stuff. I'm really excited for when the world opens up again um, and we can just jump in all the creative projects that our wonderful friends do. Indeed. It's, um, you know, I think doing these larger shoots is something that I absolutely miss, but mm. that's a, a conversation for another day. We'll, we'll get there shortly. So, Things are opening up. So you've wrapped production and we're here now and we've got, we've got all this footage and we've got all these bits, but oh no, suddenly SD card broke got cursed as we tend to call it because sd cards just will randomly get cursed uh what do you do when mistakes happen in pre-production anton pre-production chief uh so firstly i think before even we we get to the idea that an sd card has went corrupt is the idea of just backing up everywhere so currently we're on a system of that will have it digitally on the cloud so even if the house burns down in that time when i am recuperating yep. you could do some edits louise and yeah, it would be all fine uh, and then obviously having it in external storage and generally 
I just try and keep it on the camera as yeah. long as I have space and then delete it once the time comes. But uh, let's say you've done all that or before that happens, the SD card has still gone corrupt. It would literally just kind of be a case of looking over where you're at and seeing if you can re-record stuff. Who knows, you might be able to use, let's say if you lost the B-roll, you can maybe mm. fill that in with some stock footage or recreate some of that artificially. You can maybe mix in some phone photography and just color grade it, letterbox and make it all look good. Even, even some pictures. You maybe exactly. have shots from on set or you're able to get the first two seconds of a clip and nothing else. You can use that as a screenshot in place of, um, yeah, any B-roll placeholder stuff like that. Yeah, so as you know, very much, you know, and especially once you're in the edit itself with footage, you might just have one where like a boom's in it or there was just slightly a loud tooth fan that you just didn't catch on yep. the day. And, you know, sometimes you just need to kind of accept where your losses are and the client's losses are. Um, where, you know, maybe it is something that's like, we should have caught that. And that's where you have to kind of own up and kind of put in yeah, the extra time and be like, you know what, I did kind of color grade that wrong or uh, I you know overexposed their head maybe i can patch in a little bit of their head from another shot so it syncs up um there's a shot once where we had a fan in the background and it just people watched it and they're like that's distracting and it's like okay that's we right. can we can remove a fan yeah. that's on us we should have not had that in this shot and uh you know it's literally just kind of a case of accepting where your kind of errors on your behalf may be or where they're maybe on the client's site um and you know figuring out from there because you know you might finish and export out and then it's perfect to your eyes and then they see it and it's like that's not what we had in mind and that's yep. when the, you get back into the world of negotiations and figuring out whether or not that's your fault for how you've put it and the quality you've put into it which mm. we've never had a problem with thankfully thankfully um or if that's maybe just not lined up with the client's vision and aspirations for the project and I think that's the thing as well, because especially when it comes to the editing process, this is the bit where the client is least involved and they will have the most input. So that's partly why we do our three draft rules. You get three drafts as a part of it because as well, like export time and moving footage can take us so much time when we're using 4K. I mean, it's so much, so many gigabytes um, that all of that becomes a part of they will want something, but also usually don't know don't always know film stuff you know they won't always know exactly your your department your area so we'll have people that will brief us of yeah we want it to be like five minutes long and like, oh my gosh especially if it's micro advertising nobody's gonna watch a five minute long advert um and so at those points i hopefully you would have agreed on the length before you got to the editing but um there are bits like that where actually it's actually this will need to be longer otherwise we cut the information that you want or no this has to be shorter because otherwise people won't watch it um, or people won't engage with it in the way that you want. So there are huge variables in there that people will end up just giving you pages and pages and pages of notes, or they won't give you any feedback at all. And in both of those cases, um, those can feel like big problems because you might need to know, oh, what bits should I be prioritizing? What bits should I be focusing on? How is the mix? How's the color? How's the lighting? How's the edits? How's the words? Um, or it's just so much tiny little details because they're passing it through a million different people that are all saying all conflicting stuff and you end up with feedback that you just can't work with. Yes, and uh, I think one of the things I've learned is ideally, unlike the rest of the kind of negotiations phase, keeping this in email actually works best. Yes. Um, I found when it becomes a call or meeting in person, it can become a little bit more like xyz rambly you know they can just go yeah. off and rift and you know maybe mention things that don't really um 
can't really be changed. Uh, yeah. So if you're able to get it in a list format, that means that once you do your account second draft, you can be like, okay, I have done these seven changes that you asked with asked for. In mm, mm. concept now, this should be the perfect draft. We have done all of the changes you have requested. Or if there are changes that can't be done, you can then explain exactly why. Exactly. And, and then it's written and everyone can see it. Um, I know we've had things where people have talked about pacing and they're like, oh, the pacing's too slow and you'll speed it up and then they'll be like, oh, pacing's too fast. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do I do? And so in that case, um, I would trust in myself or, or you as the expert, you have to trust in yourself. Absolutely. Um, because you're clearly doing this because you're good at it. Um, I know this has been a very like filmmaking centered or creative centered, but you know, if it's art, if you've done this great, great big canvas and they're like, wait, it's like, well, I, I know I did a good job because why wouldn't you be doing, you know, why wouldn't Absolutely. you be good at your job if it's what you're doing? So there will be some times where you have to respectfully turn down feedback, I think. Um, though, of course, if it's something the client's really crazy about, you know you've sort of got to work to them but then at that point i think it's your judgment and the more experience that you get and the older that you get you'll find you just won't put up with it as much anymore <laughs> yeah absolutely there is definitely a degree of just trusting in your skill and you'll get asked to do stuff that you just cannot do yep uh or yep. are just impossible or should not be done like yes. having let's say uh orange text on a purple background <laughs> you're like I can do that, but that wouldn't work. Or especially as, you know, two dyslexics, there's uh -oh. been a couple of times where we've been asked to, you know, really saturate the screen with kind of information and text. And it's like, yep. you would no. not be able to read that in one second. I think that is helpful that we're both, it's one of the few things that's helpful of that we're both dyslexic um, is that we always have um, disability inclusive content at the forefront of our mind um, in terms of how the visuals look and what's going on especially with screen clutteredness and a lot of text and words um, which is something that clients don't always have in mind or that'll be their feedback is oh we need to make sure that it and we're like yeah we did we made it like that uh, because otherwise we couldn't engage with it um, though there are a huge range of disabilities and, and different um, things to take into account as always which is really important um, but yeah by the end of it I think I'm kind of done that we're both dyslexic. It would be nice if one of us wasn't so that at least one of us could spell properly. Yeah, like if we could be dyslexic plus, that would be great. Oh. Like the well, you can be dyslexic plus. I'll be dyslexic minus, thank you. Oh. Um, and then together. <laughs> You're looking at me <laughs> suspiciously. I'm like, what is, what's dyslexic minus? <laughs> Not dyslexic. I'd oh, love I that. Was, I was thinking along the lines of you are dyslexic plus you know how to write a sentence. Oh, well, no. Well, I, that's what I am, though. I'm I'm the English boy. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, so or maybe are you dyslexic minus? Maybe I am. Oh, no. True story. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the pre-production phase is definitely... Post-production. Post-production, excuse me, is uh, definitely one of those phases where having a structure to it is especially the... important because, you know, I think having... But definitely the free draft rule, I think, is... Oh, saved us so much. So much. You know, I think before we had it, we had one job where we did like seven, eight drafts. And, you know, we were com you, getting coming back to... the naming scheme. Yeah, because uh, originally... Second to the free draft rule, it was you know silver, it's bronze, sil bronze, silver, and gold. Yeah, um, it gets a little bit hard when you're up to eight. Um, yeah, opal, diamond, magnesium. I think was one of them, <laughs> which is like, is magnesium better or not better? Yeah, I think it was like rose white. Oh right, that's uh, right. Rose, you had gold platinum, and a rose shiny gold. platinum. It was a mess. <laughs> shiny plat, is shiny platinum better? Than silver? I, I don't know. Uh, but, but you also know jewellery a bit more than me. I think that doesn't help that I'm just like, mm, yes, metal. metal. 
but you know that's you know very handy and i think being able to communicate how long it takes drafts to be made yep uh, especially if it's like a project where there's multiple videos or multiple yeah. pieces yeah. especially in graphic design um i know you know some people are like actually i would like the full stop to be like an accent color very easy thing to do yeah but if you have if you want 16 different text, logos yeah. and facebook banners and profile pictures you know that might be a one second change but that takes a while to do and especially if you're needing to um kind of update some documentation that goes along with that of how yeah, to use yeah. the graphic design and again for video you know export times are incredibly long especially at 4k and then upload times and then actually kind of putting the package together again for the client you know, can take a bit, even if it is a one second change. So I think communicating that to the client um, that, you know, this is an easy change, but it will take us a wee while. Expect the next draft around about this day and time. Yeah, managing expectations is so much. And so now that we have come to the end of the project, it is about getting paid. So what happens when things get wrong with getting paid, Anton? Uh, you basically just keep on their tail. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've had a few jobs where it has been a bit whatever from the start and we send over an invoice and you hear nothing and then eventually it gets paid because with at least our industry and the sort of small Edinburgh environment that we're working with a bad name can actually go quite a far way on either our part or our clients um so we haven't had any incidences where we haven't been paid I don't think we've been able to sort of chase up on everyone yeah I think we've only had a couple incidences where they've forgotten or there's been like a delay um which in those kind of instances uh, it kind of goes on how much you trust some of that is a genuine delay. Yeah. No worries. Yep, yep. Put that through next month and we'll keep an eye on that. Like we've had a few people who were unsure, especially about online payments. And so they sent through a little bit first to make sure it worked. And then a bit more, again, you sort of got to trust in that. Um, but I think also, you know, you started with that quote and with that sort of money in mind and you're doing this as a job and they will understand that. And of course, if they're commissioning you, they will understand that. But I think it's, you know, especially if they say, oh, yeah, we've paid you, double check the amount that you got. Is it the same amount? Is it the right amount? Um, because often, or not often, but there can be some nefarious people out there that might try and take away your money. Yeah, and uh, I think, to be honest, part of the reason we had uh, not many issues in this regard has been the fact that we quote early. Yep. Um, If you don't quote early and then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do this video. And then you're like, okay, that'll be, you know, 700 pounds and then they're like oh i thought it would be 200 yep um that's when you get into the real worry and you know that's when it becomes a little bit in the domain of not getting paid or having issues there but yeah uh, alternatively i know many companies i don't think we've implemented it in at the moment but um you you know can have a period of time where it's like if you pay within this time yeah we've got a window and i think especially we have had some cases where that window has been delayed but they were able to tell us about that before of okay we've got to get you on our system first that will take about this long and then you're getting paid after that um which though that doesn't is like a 30-day window we are aware of it and then basically on those dates that they gave us of estimation of time we're able to go back and double check hey you said you'd be we'd be on your system are we on your system um you know are we gonna get paid um and then usually people are pretty honest about that again you know we're working in a pretty good environment with people that we typically already know or are already connected to somehow have already talked with so there's an element of investment there but luckily the bigger it gets the less likely you're to have these issues yeah and uh 
as always, I think, you know, putting the invoice in with the final package. Yes. Uh, don't send it later. You know, yeah. have it there where, you know, it isn't like they've you know got their video and they forget about it. Yeah, yeah, Having yeah. It's, it is, it's in there. You've handed them a video. They hand you money. It just mm, makes it a little bit kind of harder for them to put off. You know, they've received something. They pay money. Um, and, you know, it'll make things a lot nicer and easier. And, you know, you, the video's done. You've got paid. Nothing's went wrong. Uh, hopefully, if you followed this podcast and uh, you're off to the races. Yay. Woo! So, say you wanted to be involved in the podcast, Anton, how would one do that? Yes, you can contact us at info at nakamedia.co.uk. That is a new email. Why is that? Yeah, so basically, the old one was a little bit funny because it was an alias uh, of a uh, kind of standard outlook but this one's all set up uh, via g suite uh, so it's super efficient so if you want to get in contact with us it will definitely not get lost in the yep. ether of the internet if but you want, if you want to send us files to our google drive exactly send it there. <laughs> um but if you want to see something that doesn't get lost in the ether Ooh. ether of the internet yep. we do have social media which is right. planted in place set in stone with a, an at symbol and a series of characters which is facebook linkedin instagram and twitter all at Nakamedia LLP. Why are you looking at me like we can look at each other now? It's I very know. powerful. Yeah, I've never seen your eyes doing a, a, that... sp- a read before. <laughs> oh right, did it? Did, could you see them following text inside yeah, my mind? The gears are turning, <laughs> URLs and at symbols. Oh, no. Yeah, that's my that's my my actor face. But I don't get it wrong. And um, of course. As always, mm-hmm. we do accept ravens in personal, so you you can just send one that's raven. That's right. We just need the one. Before you had to send two, or the raven would split in two, like oh, facilitate. Well, that's the wonderful thing about our raisin, our raisins, <laughs> <laughs> our ravens, is that they do indeed split in two and find both of us. But equally, it is the it's the summer hot spring periods now, summer and spring becoming one. So the poor little ravens, because they're all in black, they get very hot. So preferably, don't use the ravens until it becomes winter again. But we will still get them. We just have to make sure they have a little ice cream when they get in. Yeah, they, they, they fly under the canopies of stores to get shelter. Yes, and absolutely. And then sometimes they hit people on the way because, you know, they can't be up in the sky as they usually are. They're very dedicated. They're, you know. We love our ravens. We've actually got 30 now. I don't know how many I said last time, but we have 30 now. Incredible. That's like almost one per episode. We'll require more. <laughs> we, yeah, clearly, we need to do more. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Um, have a great evening <laughs> and, and it's not it's not even the evening when we're recording this but have a lovely time whatever you're doing whenever you're doing it um and and keep in touch au revoir Bye.